Welcome to another episode of Inappropriate Earl. This is really going to be a great episode. It's going to be an interesting one. We have a very special friend of the show. Um, she's a girl that I uh, have a long and uh, illustrious history with. Uh, she's a beautiful comic, a beautiful bartender, and uh, just a beautiful person overall. So guys and girls out there in podcast land, put your hands together for the one, the only, Gail Gramlick. Gail, Gail Gramlick. Gail Gramlick. GGComedy.com. <laughs> oh my God. That's like an old strip mall, like MySpace now. Is that uh, still your website? Yeah, but, you know, I think I accidentally paid for it for one more year, but I'm just not doing anything to it because I just don't, I don't know. what uh, Websites are just, that's if you have like something that you want to put on there. And there are times that I will. It's just not right now. But you've got a lot of funny videos yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, but I, I have places where you can go see them, you know? I'm like, hey, go on YouTube, go here, go there. The more places they go, the more they will see. You know, if you just say go to ggcomedy.com, something I don't ever play with or work on or anything, then uh, it's not a good place to go. The weirdest thing is when I uh, put my name on YouTube, Earl Skakel, your videos pop up, That's too. awesome, see? See yeah. how that works? Go to YouTube. Go to see Earl, and you'll still see Gail. Wee! I mean, more Earl, of course, because... Yeah, know, but yeah. check out Gail Graham, like G-R-A-M-L-I-C-H. She's on top of the world. Oh, yeah. She's a very <laughs> funny comedian. Um, can we talk about the fact that I lived here? Because <laughs> we talked... We were. I thought you were going to go into that, and I know that's totally... Am I doing the thing that you're not supposed to do on podcasts is interrupt while you're talking? I did the, I broke the rule again, right? Oh, not necessarily. <laughs> I mean, usually when you do a podcast, the person whose podcast it is will dictate the pace of the show. <laughs> but hey, you but know. But we have an illustrious history. We have so a great history. We're going to get into that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, you know, what I wanted to do first was just kind of get your background. Okay. Um, you know, I thought of you today because I saw Pink is uh, singing, oh, yeah. uh, I think, at the Oscars. And you and Pink are from the same hometown, hometown correct? Hometown, from Doylestown, Pennsylvania. She uh, is a few years younger than me and used to hang out with a lot of my friends' younger brothers and sisters. So I always saw her around, but I never got to know her. I met her once at my friend Cherry's house. Uh, she was hanging out with her sister. And uh, she was, like, back from being down south, singing was, like, the first record situation she got into when she was a teenager and she was just home for a little while and you know all all the girls in the you know house are like she's gonna be a singer she's gonna be a singer and all I said to her was so you're gonna be a singer and she's like yeah like all bitchy and that's cool at the time I was like ew what a bitch but then like two years later misunderstood came out and I listened to it only because I wanted to see what the girl from Doylestown could do and I actually loved it. And I was like, I don't care if she was mean to me that one time. Um, her music's awesome. So I dig pink. Is that a long story? Yeah, but that's <laughs> what you... Can I ask you a quick favor, though? Seriously. Okay. We're do, off to a good start. <laughs> uh, could you start that story from the beginning? <laughs> well... So you and pink are from the same... No, yeah. Um, yeah. But that's so. what you want on a podcast is a long story. Yeah, I mean, fun stories. Ideally, the host should ask you a question and then just let you ramble. Oh, okay. That's you know. 
wonderful. And you're a fantastic rambler. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, you put the ramble and rambling. Ramble, yeah, ramble. So, you come. You're you're from Doylestown, Bucks County. Yes, Bucks County. And at what point did you think I want to move to either New York? Because you wanted to move to either New York or Los Angeles, right? Yeah. I um. Yes, I did. I was in bartending school and there was this girl who was moving up to New York and I was like, I'd rather live in New York and do this comedy thing. Um, but when I went there, her little room was so small and she paid $1,200 to live there. And it was like not even New York. It was Jersey sh City and it was smelly. Not that Jersey City's smelly. It's just there's smelly areas because I'd always have to travel to, through Jersey City to get to my grandmother's house who lives in Jersey. So sometimes I just didn't want to live there. It just seemed like... Not for me, cold and crampy, and um, and then my girlfriend Karen uh, was moving to Los Angeles, and she's like, "Just come with me, cause you want to go now, right? Let's just go and just get started." And so, uh, since she was going, and I needed a roommate, and I just wanted to go, I just went. And my mom's like, "You know, you can always come back," and I figured I would. I'm like, "I'll just go there, and then I'll come back and figure stuff out." Uh, and it, not that I. Would come, I would come back and figure it out on the East Coast is what I mean. Not like I would just go out for a little bit and give up. I knew I wanted to do comedy. I knew I wanted to be in the comedy business. Um, but when I did the New York thing, I visited a few times and it just wasn't for me. So I just went with Karen. And uh, I never came, I never went back. I mean, I went back, I go back in the summer to Pennsylvania to see my family. And uh, also Christmas time. Yes, you do. I love and your they love family. you. You're uh, <laughs> Your mom, Eileen, yes. your, your dad, uh, uh, Jim, Jim yeah. your brother, Jim, mm -hmm. your sister. Anyway, we'll get uh, yeah. Jen. Yeah, uh, Jennifer. Great family. Yes. Um, kind of like my second family on earth. Yes. And uh, I really uh, looked forward to those Doylestown trips yeah. because Doylestown is... Uh, it's a very interesting, uh, it's like Mayberry. <laughs> no, no, it's, uh, <laughs> it's suburbia with farms and uh, fa fa families and farms and uh, just all your typical teenage angst stuff going on, too. Like, I don't know. There's, you know you no, know, I love it. Teenagers everywhere. Um, what else? Farms. Yeah. Cows. Cows. Uh, you know, but like the bar that you used Churches, to take. Churches, roads, yeah. ponds, fishes. Berry fields. Yeah, berries. Um, I think my red berries. Uh, this is. I, I feel like it's getting boring. No, um, it's not. Oh, is it? We're okay, we're it's good. Well, here's the deal. And I'm not supposed to admit that it's boring. I just was like, I'm, I was about to talk about my berry picking and how much I love to pick berries. And I think the berries that I've been picking since I was a kid are like going out of. Um, they're going extinct. They're not extinct. They're just you know dying out. Just so you know, Gail. <laughs> This is not a comedy show. This I know is, it's not. No, so don't. Uh, we're not trying to get laughs. Hopefully, people. We. I want people to learn about you. Oh, it's lovely. We'll get into the comedy and the yeah. bartending and and us and 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 Lois. Uh, Bubbers. Uh, uh, Bubbers. Bubs. We have a dog right now sitting in between uh, us. Bubbers. Lois. And so, okay. When do you move from Doylestown to L.A.? Um, ten years ago, October fifth. October fifth, ten years ago. And that's crazy. Like, you've made it to me. I mean, anyone who has, you know, you moved out here with virtually knowing nobody, nobody. no money. No. I mean, virtually no money. And you're still out here. T a lot of people would have left. I would have left after two months. I would have said, I can't take this. Yeah. Um, no, I just, I really wanted to bartend right away because, you know, that's what I do. I mean, I 
also looked for other real job, not real job, regular jobs, because I went to college. I had a college degree. From Temple? Yeah, from Temple. And so it was either bartending or that, but bartending is a good survivor job. And uh, I couldn't even get a bartending job when I first moved out here. I got a uh, waitressing job at Hennessy's in Manhattan Beach, which was like a, you know, fun, like kind of party place to work, you know, not just crazy. Like everyone's just like, woo, party time, two shots, you know. It would have been a good uh, place to bartend, but I didn't. I waitressed or served. I'm a terrible server. so. Um, yeah, but the way you look, who cares? Yeah, I know, but I'm. <laughs> when people are upset with stuff or if they're mean about it, I'm mean about it right away. Like, I can't just let things... At the time, I I'm pr- probably would be better at it now, but I can't just let people's bullshit... Uh, bounce off me i'm just like what what did you you know it's like, i never oh, saw that side <laughs> of you <laughs> well it's there just because i want people to be nice because i'm nice all the time so when people are like mean or finicky or weird i'm just like ew i'm nice all the time i could be weird and finicky with me so at least i feel like i'm nice all the time well i would say about 80 percent of the time 80 no, no, yeah probably um this is the 20 percent now like the, the you know PMS. no you're doing good no, PMS time. Is oh, is it PMS? Yeah. I worked out today, and I was really tired and really didn't feel like it, but I did this um, Buns of Steel video from 1991. I literally have a VCR and a VHS tape. It's like my, it's still a tough workout, but it's like weak too. It's like my PMS workout, and it totally had me winded today. I'm like, fuck, I'm totally PMSing. <laughs> I just feel like it's really, but it really got my heart going, which was good because that's what you want to do. So I guess that's a good thing, even though before it was like cake. But yeah, at least yeah. I did it. You know, how, do you ever do that where you're just feeling a little more tired, so you just do the elliptical or whatever? Yeah, when I have really bad diarrhea, I just, uh, <laughs> I'll just go on the elliptical. We don't have to go work out if you have diarrhea. Just get it all out there. You have your skinny day. You don't even have to work out. That's the eating disorder way of looking at things. Not that I have one, but if you do have diarrhea, I mean, at least you're having a skinny day for the most part, right? Yeah, and also, if you do have diarrhea, wear brown shorts. Just... <laughs> course yeah i mean uh, and have a couple pairs with you too well i mean uh, yeah i mean you know diarrhea. you never know if it's gonna come I out mean, i mean i haven't experienced this you know well i mean i guess i have but not like where it's i'd have to wear brown. i never had to wear brown shorts well i mean you know i but you are right though whenever i've had diarrhea like really bad diarrhea and after you blow it all out <laughs> you feel shredded out out out, out, out. <laughs> <laughs> You don't even have yeah. to do sit-ups anymore. No. I mean, you're just all... It's good. To hear at the Inappropriate <laughs> Earlcast, we give fitness tips. Yes. So let's get into how you and I met. Okay. Well, f- first of all, uh, yeah. let's backtrack. Okay. When did you start doing comedy out here? I started doing comedy a year and a half after I got out here. Um, and I worked at the Liquid Zoo in Van Nuys, which is not to be mean, but, you know, it's just one of those divey bar, shithole bars in Van Nuys. Uh, but those are the best bars to work if you want to, like, have a little bit of freedom and wear what you want and not have someone breathing down your neck because they, you know, owners usually go home at a certain time, just let you work in peace, usually. Anyway, uh, I worked there and I was like, I'm going to start an open mic here because I want to get to know the scene and I want to get to know them fast. So I went to the Guitar Center and um, took a card out and bought a PA system for 350 bucks with a little mic stand, microphones and all the speakers and everything. And, um, and I started an open mic there. 
but two weeks before I started my open mic, I saw you um, rocking it at the, what was that, Monday? Ireland's night? 32. I forget the name. Ireland's 32, and you were rocking it. And then you showed up at my open mic two weeks later, and I was like, oh, my God, there's that guy. And I ran over to you and said, oh, my God, like, are you going to go up? It's you. Like, you're here. And, uh, and, uh, and then you were with Shelly, and I was with uh, somebody, Tommy, I guess, for a little while. And um, we were in other relationships, but we were friends for, like, a year. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, and the only reason, it, it was fate that we uh, came together because... The only reason I went to the Liquid Zoo that night wasn't for the comedy. <laughs> I mean, I like uh, but my friend, uh, well, I won't say his name because he, maybe he doesn't want this story out. He was uh, almost got into a fist fight with a female comic the week before. Yeah. And it got real heated between the two. They almost came to blows. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, I got to check this place out because I love, you know me. Yeah. And, uh, and for those of you who don't know me listening... I love watching violence, I, <laughs> it, whether it's the UFC, uh, pro wrestling, uh, but live violence, I just love. I get like a sexual high off of it. No. I'm not fighting. I just love watching. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, this place sounds like this could happen again. So I remember walking in, kind of taking a look around. And the Liquid Zoo kind of, uh, for me, the only way to describe it is it's kind of like the bar in Star Wars. <laughs> You literally have every unsavory character in the valley, <laughs> every drunk, dope dealing, you know, hookers, hookers. And when I say hookers, Pimps. when me <laughs> and Gail say hookers, I don't mean like Julia Roberts hookers. Yeah. I mean, $30 girls that give blowjobs in the parking lot. And you could probably get 25 back and change. I mean, <laughs> these girls look disgusting and you know so this isn't a high class clientele and of course it's not like that now there's no hookers now or anything like that now. uh Just yeah <laughs> i'll take a uh, bullshit for 500 um yeah but it's a charming yes. bar i mean and i remember looking over to my left as soon as i walked in seeing you going wow uh that's not what i came here for but uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> and and then you came up to me and uh, I had to play it cool. Yeah, you it's know, cool. It's rocking and rolling and whatnot. You know, usually <laughs> uh, pretty girls don't come up to me like as aggressively as you did. Yeah. Uh, and then I think I left without saying goodbye that night. Yeah. Well, you always used to do that. I think that's a Virgo thing, too. But you that's know, they what like to dip out. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, I still dip out. Yeah. You know, wherever I'm at. Uh, you know, I just if you don't, people interrupt you. Like, hey, where are you going? And you're not leaving. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're just like bullshitting. And I don't. Which is fine. Yeah, yeah. No, it's. I just like to, uh, you know, I don't like to say the same goodbye to 50 people. I just mm -hmm. rather not say goodbye to anybody. Yeah. And, you know, you'll, you'll see them again if they mean something to you. <laughs> so. Uh, two and two equals four. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, what is this, romper room? We're giving math? Uh, <laughs> No, that's the way your um, voicemail is on the phone. Like, hey, if I don't get back to you, two and two does equal Yeah, four. suck it. <laughs> and then I think the the second time we met, I if my memory serves me, was uh, we used to do this real shithole, uh, the Sportsman's Lodge. Oh, my God. And uh, <laughs> you were 
uh, it's a comedy room that had w- in an outdoor patio, so it was god awful. Freezing. But you would see Terrible. some great comics go there, like yeah. Whitney Cummings was there, yeah. and, and like Billy Gardell. Would, would, you know, so you saw yeah. like yeah, he used to go to Michael's Pub too. Oh, he was a grinder. One. He was great. And now he's on the number one yeah. sitcom on the air. So it's you know it's literally like uh, the comedy version of Mr. T and Rocky Three doing the one arm pull ups in the dark dingy basement just waiting for his shot and uh, i think billy has gotten his shot yeah i'm still waiting for mine but uh and he was waiting on a radio thing too he almost left i mean he was was supposed to do a radio gig and he he was going to move back to pittsburgh because you know he's like literally that did i ever tell you gail the story about the guy digging for gold (laughs) (laughs) well one day he stopped and then this next guy came along and he found the gold right so uh (laughs) you know yeah you used to always say that when I would, when get, you would get down. When you would get discouraged. get discouraged about stuff like, oh, I hate the way comedy I mean, makes me feel. It's a tough fucking business. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, and in some ways it's tougher for a female. In some uh, ways it's tougher for a man. Yeah. You know, because you get like a, the gay uh, agents and managers. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, you know it's, it's kind of like it is for you. You know, a lot of guys saying what they can do. Bullshitters, you know. You know, a lot of guys saying what they can do for you and they can't do anything yeah. for you. And they're just trying to sleep with you or whatever. Oh, uh, my God. That's gross. I hate the bullshitters. But getting back to how... So I, I, we <laughs> see, I see you at the uh, Sportsman's Lodge, and you had this black trench coat on, and I was totally staring at you. I mean, I was like literally, ooh. <laughs> and you caught me oh, looking yeah. at you, yeah. and I tried to play it cool. But I think we were starting to vibe then. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I think the next time we met was at uh, Dante's legendary comedy show at the Canoga Bowl. Yeah, and at that point you had um, you had hurt your knee. You had a knee surgery. Yeah, I had right? a you know I won't bore you with that, but I yeah. had a torn ACL and, and yeah. all my ligaments in my right knee were gone. Yeah. So I uh, had to limp around doing open mics, uh, and uh, my. Uh, but girl it was good because it was like, what's going? On? I don't know. You always wore those big hockey jerseys, and I'm like, what I what I liked about it is that you work out so hard, and your, you know, your body's rocking hard and everything, but you always hit it, which I thought was super cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and then uh, I remember when we officially met. You came around the corner with your friend Shannon, and mm-hmm. uh, I was uh, around the corner with my girlfriend at the time, Shelly. Oh, yeah. And I literally remember you stopping in your tracks, because I'm like, hey, uh, this is, is my girlfriend, girlfriend? Shelly. <laughs> and she told me all night, no, dude, I think he, I think he has a girlfriend. I think he, I'm like, no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. And she's like, no, seriously? But whatever, maybe he doesn't. Uh, and... You did. And when I saw, I was just like, oh, okay. I felt so stupid. She's like, see? It was funny. She's the hot seven. Yeah, yeah. It's Shannon Hatch. I love Hatch. Shannon Hatch. Very funny comic. Yeah. Uh, I want to get her to do um, a show because I don't get, I have enough girls and I miss her. And I haven't, I don't even know where she is. Is she like. I haven't seen her in a while, but yeah. you know. So then anyway. that's. Anyway. No, no. Shannon's a great woman. Yeah. We'll talk about hot yeah, yeah. seven. Uh, so that's, and then we kind of started bumping into each other again. Yeah. And then, uh, I think, uh, after I had, uh, I guess you'd say broken up with Shelly, uh, I think I asked you, I think I remember calling you up on a Friday going, what are you doing? <laughs> you said you were <laughs> sick. <laughs> Apparently you had a date that night. I did. 
That's cool. I just didn't, you know, I was just like, I don't want to go on a date because I was like, I would have gone out with you. You know, I was like, I totally would have gone. That's what I would have done, but I had already committed to this other thing. Right. So that uh, was the last date. (laughs) But that was cool that you called up out of the blue. Hey, what's up? Yeah. Hey, what's going on tonight? You got any rooms going on? What's going on? I remember that. And that's good, too. He's like, hey, you going up anywhere? You know. Well, I was really nervous because I really. you know, I really knew that, uh, I mean, obviously at that time I didn't know you were the one, but I mean, like, I was like, wow, I really, uh, want to, uh, I, I mean, you know, me and Shelly had a great relationship and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, I just, uh, it had run its course, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I just, there was something about you. It's just, I can't put my finger in it. I on it, but, uh, <laughs> and, uh, that. Uh, but it was so funny. I know. <laughs> it's inappropriate. <laughs> oh my god, that's tr- oh so. It, Get it? Yeah, it's inappropriate. In it, on it. Hello. <laughs> and I have to actually give a uh, shout out to Daniel Stewart. Yeah. Because she was the one uh, uh, who w- really cornered me one night at the comedy room you were running, Tempest, and she said, "Earl, you, you, uh, you know, this is like seven years ago, so yeah. I might not." get the exact wording out but she's like girl you know she likes you it's obvious you like her you know you just gotta you know you gotta set a date and you know uh, you know get it together yeah. and uh so you know danielle was uh it still is a good friend of mine um she was the one who gave me the fortitude to ask you out oh, and, yeah. uh, and then uh you know we started hanging yeah and uh you know, f- uh, I think uh, about three or four months of dating. Then you moved in. Yeah. And where you humbly resided for five and a half five, years. Five, yeah, and a half years. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, good times. And yeah. uh, That's why today, you know, when you live at home and you use the bathroom, you don't wash your hands after you use the bathroom in your own house, right? Oh, Do I you? don't even wipe my ass. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like, you don't wash your hands when you're at home. I know some people may say they do, but I don't think. You don't, right? Do you? I mean. Oh, you have to. You don't. I mean, unless it's a a real bad grease. Okay, yeah. Then you would, you know. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't want dookie on my hands typing. Right. That's true. You know, and if you get it in your eye, you get pink eye. Well, normally I wouldn't be rubbing my eye (laughs) with shit on my fingers. Sometimes it's microscopic. It's not like you can see it. It's just, you know what I mean? Sometimes it's just there and you don't even realize it, you know? like when If it's there, I realize <laughs> it. I don't mean to interrupt you, you know when you, eat, you know when you eat the hard candy at the restaurant that's like when you're walking out of the restaurant and they have candy there? Right, the mints. And the mints, yeah. And you know that there's excrement on those mints and it's found all the time when they, scientists do their little thing that they do. Well, I don't know uh, what scientist is uh, <laughs> trying to find <laughs> shit on mints. Well, some do because they make great stories. I mean, at least a w- little while ago. I mean, everybody looks at those mints now and goes, there's probably shit on those mints. You I got to like? be honest with you, Gail. I don't know if they do. <laughs> I bet you there's some people out there who are like, I totally don't take the mints now because there's shit all over them. I mean, I could understand your point of view if the mint bowl was right by the toilet. <laughs> That's... And then maybe there might be some. But res- it's in the lobby. I mean, the toilet. I mean, the bathrooms, the lobby. They're very close. The mints right in between the lobby and getting into the restaurant. You're right. I mean, I guess if someone took a really hard shit <laughs> and it hit the toilet <laughs> and flew into the lobby. 
it gets on their hands. Well, you, listen, I, I <laughs> it's just there. If you, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess it's possible. Okay. So you know, uh, <laughs> they're. Uh, so my point is, I wa- I'm sorry to interrupt you. It's all right, inappropriate you know. Earl. I um. When I used the bathroom before we started, I was like, I'm not washing my hands. Like, I lived here for five and a half years. But there's this part of me that's like, I don't live here anymore. I should wash my hands. I didn't wash my hands because I'm dirty. (laughs) Oh, and I love dirty girls. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, well, it was like when you first moved in. I mean, I remember I was like, there was trying to figure out a line to cross. Like, if I had to take a dump, I mean... Like, yeah. did I go in the, my second bedroom? And, 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 you know, I think, you know, when people live together and you first start, you know, having to take a shit or mm-hmm. something, you mm-hmm. s- even for you, I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, what I like about this apartment is there's three bathrooms here. So wherever you were, I was not. Or I was as far away as I could be. When you had to drop a bomber? Yeah, I mean, I've only done it like once or twice in my life because girls don't really do that. So <laughs> the one time that I did it, I did it really far away. Well, I don't know about that. I recall <laughs> a few other times. <laughs> and I would love the look on your face. Like when I would walk into a room and I would like the odor <laughs> would hit me, you would... <laughs> You would look at me like a dog who just got caught peeing well, on the carpet. Well, you would, like, see, I have walked in on your smelly, and um, I just pretend like it's not there, or I just, like, go out of the room or go downstairs. So when you did it, you let me know that you knew that I did it. And so that was what was shameful, because you're, like, you're pointing it out. But I would just be like, okay, I know you just made smelly, but I'm not going to. I made a smelly. I made a smelly, but I'm not going to call attention to it. Uh, But you would, and you would walk in the bathroom and smell it, you know, just to mess with me. And I'd be like, get out. I didn't do it. It was Lois. Lois did it. Well, gee, uh, Gail, Lois (laughs) has been downstairs with me the whole time, so... (laughs) All right, then uh, then Bookaboom did it. But, well, that's true. Bookaboom was blind toward yeah. the end. Bookaboom was See? our other dog. We also had another dog named Chloe who, uh, you know, uh, wasn't with us for long, but uh, I still miss her. Yeah. Uh, we only had her for like four or five months. She had seizures. She had these awful seizures, and uh, I don't want to bring the podcast yeah. down, but no. Chloe was the best dog. She's but, a good uh, dog. And now we have a great dog, Lois. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was also interesting, uh, you know, me and Gail... Gail. Gail. We uh, Gail doesn't really like hockey. No. And, and, and UFC. And I can deal with it sometimes, but yeah, I think we were pretty good in terms of letting the other. Like I would mm-hmm. let you watch your snaps. Yeah. And uh, which always was a little uh, concerning with me that you would. Uh, you seem to be obsessed about a show where uh, wives <laughs> or girlfriends would kill their uh, significant others. Um, I just like real stories. You know, sometimes the stuff happens and it, was, it wasn't supposed to happen. And other times you could tell that it's all premeditated. They wanted the money or whatever. I just like, tell me a story. And I want to see how you were found out. And I guess I like the women ones because, I mean, men kill way more than women do. So to have a whole show based around women who kill is kind of um, interesting. No, I, I got, I, I'll admit, you hooked me into Snapped and The yeah. Biggest Loser. 
Yeah, and that's good too. That's a very a positive and inspiring show. Well, I'm not sure if it is. <laughs> I mean, you know, to me, it's like kind of. Um, I just thought it was cruel the way they would make these hugely grotesque fat people like run an obstacle course. Like, let's see some 400 pounder try and jump over the wall. But they don't jump over walls. They There's can't usually, jump. No, that's what I mean. It's not jumping over walls. They ha- they they do things that are that they are capable of. They don't make them do hurdles and things like that until they're ready for it. Yeah, but I've the, seen uh, it. Week by week. The first week, they make you walk a mile. And you see these people can hardly walk a mile, you know. And the next week, you know, they're getting back up and they're walking that mile. And the next week, they're, you know, and then and just, well, they actually are just barfing their brains out in the beginning, you know, just getting all the out, you know. But then it's really good because they start to figure out what their blocks are and why they got that way and and how I feel so much better. I don't know how to eat. I just didn't realize that eating chocolate cake every morning for breakfast was bad. Like some people just don't know how to eat right. Um, <clears throat> so I sometimes don't know how to eat right. I love cake. I mean, there are times where I'm like, I'm just going to eat this cake because I love it so much. But I know that I can't always eat cake all the time. Yeah, but you work out enough and you bartend in uh, gigs. You're on, you're basically on your feet for eight hours. So, you, I mean, you, you can afford to eat cake. and Sometimes. And, you know, like you do a lot of uh, exercise. You walk, we walk the dogs. And yeah. Um, so I think I stay pretty active. Oh, you got a killer body. But so. you, um, you know, I'm not ripped like you are. You know, well, I know, but I mean, uh, <laughs> I just I wish I could be more uh, ripped up, but it's tough because I have my little things that I like. You know, I like pasta and I like twice baked potatoes and I like cake and lobster. I like lobster, but sushi. lobster's not bad. Sushi's not well. Sushi's bad if you eat too much of the rice and the soy sauce. Um, makes y'all puffy too the next day. Yeah, but you're a you're a beautiful woman. Well, so thanks, Earl. You're a beautiful man. I know, but um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So now you're you in addition to being a comedy, uh, you know, uh, person, you bartend as well. Yes. And right now, where do you bartend? I bartend at the Lost and Found on National and Barrington in West L.A. And what nights are you there? I'm there Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday nights, TTF, 6.30 to 2. Now, what kind of bar is the lost and found? How okay, would you it's it? the number one dive bar in L.A., according to L.A. Weekly and a whole bunch of others. Um, and when I first started working there, it was kind of like you could tell the spirit of the place. It has a whole bunch of regulars and everything, um, but it was kind of a little bit run down. Wasn't have, it wasn't... Um, there wasn't a lot of love put into it. It's, that's how I feel um, from people that work there. Uh, <clears throat> so I started working there, and what I loved was my boss. He's, you know, older and tired, and he's home all the time, so he just kind of lets all the employees run the place. It's kind of like the comedy store, you know? Right. <laughs> like, just the, all the insane bartenders run the bar, and all the all the insane comics run the comedy store. So it kind of has that same spirit. Um, but it was quite, it was kind of quieter when I first started working there, but I saw the greatness in it, and um, now it's really jamming. That's a long story short. I mean, I could go in the whole thing of how we evolved into this rockin' bar, uh, really because of me. <laughs> No, you do. I mean, you know, I've been there, um, and nothing against the other bartenders, yeah. but, uh, you yeah. know, they aren't as, uh, you have this great uh, bubbly personality, 
and uh, you know I, I think you know your stand-up skills help you uh, you know deal with the varying yeah. clientele yeah I think the reason why I love like I still love bartending and doing it's my survival job but I really love it is because I get to be a comic I get to be put on the spot like constantly I- as far as people just jamming you all the time like blah 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 like where are you from? What do you do? Da, 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 da. Um, a lot of crowd work. I get out of my system doing that. I know it's I'm not on stage. I know the lights aren't in my eyes. And, uh, you know, I get that. But at least it, I get little pieces of it here and there. And I get to be a DJ because I, um, I play the jukebox all the time. I put 20 bucks in a night. But I usually play stuff that I feel the crowd will dig. It's very important to me to have the music kind of fit the crowd. I hate when people come in and play B-sides of shit that no one's ever heard of before. Like, I guess you and your four people in this bar know what you're listening to, but nobody else does. So um, it gets a little votey sometimes where we're like, get rid of this song. Like, well, I'll kind of freak out. Like, lose the song. Like when I would come in and play Rat. Yeah, but I liked it. That didn't matter. Rat is cool. People like Rat, especially the hits. Yeah, I people mean, from the lost and found can tolerate hits or rat. Usually, I I think it's always a different crowd though. Anyway, I'm just really busy over there, and I play, I make all kinds of exotic drinks because I've been bar. I used to run a bartending school right after college, and uh, I kind of really got into the bartending thing and mixology, and I love fruit a lot, and I've always have. I've always had a thing with raspberries, so I make all these crazy drinks like jalapeno raspberry margaritas that I muddle with fresh oranges and limes and lemons and cilantro. Really delicious. I puree puree watermelons uh, every couple of days, and I make watermelon uh, cocktails, and I put watermelon puckers in there just to bring out the flavor of the watermelon. And I'll do that with Bacardi or vodka, and um, it's really delicious. And I stuff my own olives. I make blue cheese stuffed. (laughs) I make blue cheese stuffed olives from scratch, and I make um, olives for my martinis. Normally, when you go to a place and you get a martini, it's like or a, like a you know a higher class martini with olives in it. You're gonna pay ten to fourteen. I only charge seven, but you're not getting any Grey Goose or anything. It's really Stoli Absolute or Smirnoff. So. What about your world famous mojitos? My mojitos are rad, and uh, but mojitos are kind of um, people don't really care about them anymore. Like now that I make the cucumber mint martini with gin or vodka and I put my fresh pureed watermelon juice in there too, that kind of people look at that and they go, what the hell is that? And I kind of got the recipe from this place uh, in Huntington beach. And I just looked at the menu and I'm like, Hey, you know what? That looks good. I'm going to kind of add things to it and make it better. So I did, and that's that's the kind of stuff I do at my bar. And I just cater to people. I want everyone to have fun, and I want people to, like, have, you know, $40 in their wallet and still be able to have a couple of great drinks and have fun, you know. And if you're having a good time, then you'll probably go and get more money because you want the good time to extend. But I at least want you to try to have a good time. That's kind of how I feel about, about my bar. <clears throat> I really have fun with it, so. You're like Coyote Ugly, but, you know, like. What but cooler. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and, and only one of you. Yeah, only one. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, but I'll have, uh, sometimes I get slammed and I need help. And, like, people that, you know, hang out there will just jump back, you know. And I'll be like, here are the keys, go get ice, da-da-da-da-da-da. Um, and they know the place so well that they can kind of, you know, jump in and help you, too. I, um, I broke up a fight the other night. 
which was kind of crazy. Well, let's get into that because, okay. uh, y- you know, y- I break up fights all the time, but this one was a little nuts. Well, let's what ha- so you're you're behind the bar. No, actually, I had closed the bar and I got everybody out and I had a couple people stay after, and and the pe- I couldn't my hearing isn't that great so one of the guys that was you know in the bar with me he was like they're fighting out there I can hear them I can hear them, and I'm like they'll work it out you know as long as it's not inside the bar I am not you know responsible whatever, um, like it it'll probably end he's like they're still going at it and then people started calling me like Gail and I'm like all right these fuckers you know so i went out there and I st- a bunch of people were like there's a bunch of like kind of fights going on in the street or like in the parking lot and uh this one guy had this one guy down but he was like a little dude that w- used to work at starbucks like he was just like this little guy and he was kind of dressed up and but like he was kicking this guy while he was down but you know remember when um damn madonia Remember that fight that broke out at the comedy store and Dan Madonia was punching that guy? Yeah. He was punching him and it didn't even look like he was landing. Like when I punch someone, I f- punch him. But he looked like he had... <laughs> How did you describe it? Uh, Dan, uh, Dan Madonia, <laughs> very funny comic. Let's just tell that story real fast. Just You know, one night, uh, me, Gail, uh, Don Barris, yeah. uh, Dan Madonia, and I think one or two other people were on stage yeah. doing this music thing we uh-huh. do. And uh, there was this really drunk audience member. He was actually the only audience member. Uh, he was, I think he was from like Norway or Switzerland. He didn't understand the language. He's an asshole. Not because he was from Norway or Switzerland. He just was an asshole. He was just drunk or high on ecstasy. And, and he, uh, he kept trying to get on the stage with us. And, uh, you know, if you're a non-comic, you're not, uh, the stage is hallowed ground. It's, mm-hmm. you know, performers only. Um, and so this guy, unless you're invited, yeah, yeah, unless you're got big tits and invited, <laughs> uh, usually most guys will not be invited to get on stage. <laughs> um, yeah. so this guy kept trying to get on stage. So finally him and, uh, I think Don, uh, fell off the stage and, and, and <laughs> we're all <laughs> Don was holding him down. <coughs> and I remember, uh, Dan Madonia, a very good friend of mine and Gail's was punching this guy in the face, like literally 12 to 13 times. And Dan, uh, I love him, but he's like a a pillows. (laughs) He's a pillow puncher. (laughs) I remember being in awe because I'm like, he's really. He was hitting him. He's punching him with pillows. It just looked like nothing was happening. It was like when you hit someone in a dream, you know, it just didn't look like I'm like, that's your best. I don't know. I just in the moment. It I mean, if you or I, he's really not trying to hurt that guy. He was almost probably. I think he was. (laughs) I think he was trying to hurt him. (laughs) But, you know, uh, Dan's uh, (coughs) not the most physically gifted of people. (laughs) And I just remember, okay, Dan's hitting this guy in the face. Don's holding him down. Tony Hinchcliffe is kicking him with his little foot. (laughs) And then you kind of get into the mix. Mm -hmm. And I think you were getting a couple shots. I think I was trying to pull him. Whatever he was holding on to, I was trying to get him off of whatever he was holding on to or whoever he was holding and then on Then I kind of yelled at you to like get yeah. the fuck out of there. Of and course. Then I remember uh, a guy from the improv, somehow he comes into the room, <laughs> which is the other comedy club is in the Jake? city. that Jake? I think Jake. Yeah, Jake. And Jake like threw him down the stairs. I mean, this guy took a beat. Yeah. And I'll never forget at the end of the night, he's like, you guys were great. <laughs> like we literally beat the shit out of this guy. <laughs> And he was so bombed out from drugs and yeah. booze that he loved the show. Maybe he liked getting beat up. Some people like need. Some people need that. You know, it's like a sadomasochism. Is that what I'm? Is that the word I'm looking? Yeah, for? yeah. yeah you sadis- enjoy punishment. Yeah. And yeah, he's like, I love getting beat up at the con. Like, 
I love getting my ass kicked at the comedy store. So what were the so what right. happened at the uh, in the parking so this lot? This kid, he was kicking this kid while he was down. But the when I was looking at it, because I didn't really drink, I was so busy on Friday night. It was one of the busiest nights ever. But don't you have a partner? Uh, like I have Tim, and he's you know new at it, but he's pretty pretty decent bar back. But I really, when I need extra help, I don't rely on him. When we're super busy, I just start delegating. You know, I just get people like, here's this, get that, da-da-da, help. And they w- want to help, you know. They want the place to succeed, you know. And they'll get a couple drinks out of it, too. So everybody wins, you know. We just keep the train rolling. Uh, so it was one of the busiest nights. And sometimes when you have busy nights, you'll have little things that break out and usually gets, you know, fixed pretty quick because I don't like violence and I don't like people getting hurt. And I watch a lot of Judge Judy and I hate court cases and I don't want to be responsible for anything. So I always try to keep it safe. I want everyone to be safe and happy. But after two, when I had the door, everybody out, shit broke out outside. And and this kid, like I said, was kicking this other kid while he was down. And when I l- was watching him kick, I'm like, it doesn't even look like he's landing. He looks like a big puss. But I don't like that he's kicking somebody while he's down. That's dirty. And it bothered me. So um, I figured I'll break this one up first. So I went right over to him and I pushed him like hard. And I threw my arm back like, I'm going to fucking kill you. Like, I'm going to fucking hit you. And I looked him in the eye. I'm like, knock it the fuck off. Get the fuck out of here. You know? And it was just very, and he looked me in the eye. I'm like, you're going to hit me? You're going to hit a girl? You know what will happen to you? Like, that was like what I was saying with my mind. And I don't want to use that. I actually kind of wanted to hit him. Because hitting someone while they're down, you want to give him one shot, you know, because he deserves it. That's how I feel. Who knows what the guy was doing? That's why I didn't. Because I'm like, maybe that guy you know, pissed in his ear or something. Who knows? You never know what the hell happened to you. But I don't like people kicking people while they're down. So I broke that up. And then um, I just swung around to these other guys who were fighting. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. This is a fucking business. Am I saying fuck too much? No, not at all. <laughs> in the heat of the moment, that's the kind of stuff you say. Everyone's like, oh, oh. It's inappropriate. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So that's good. Inappropriate, Earl. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, so, yeah. I broke stuff up, but like other guys were trying to break stuff up. And it just, I think when guys um, try to break other fights up with guys, I think it's like putting gasoline on a fire. I think it makes it worse. Testosterone just increases the violence. But you throw a girl in there who kind of. You're a tough girl. I'm a tough girl. So I go in there and I just kind of fix it. I, so, because I don't want people getting hurt and stuff. And where was uh, Tim? Where was Big Tim? <laughs> I know. It's always me who breaks stuff up. Yeah, I but Tim him. is this guy. He comes up to me when stuff's going down. He's like, yeah, those guys are doing that. And I have to go over to him. I'm like, all right, guys. I think Tim got a DUI <laughs> while he got a DUI. I mean. <laughs> I, you know what's funny? I don't think that he's ever gotten a DUI. I always thought that he was a, a DUI person because I think he takes some, you know, classes or something. But, um, uh, I don't think he ever got a DUI. So it's just some stuff he had to do for some stuff that I probably shouldn't talk about. I don't even know. You know, I don't know what it right, is. Right, right. I have <laughs> a feeling I know what it is. <laughs> um, Tim's th- cool, though. Tim's a good guy. He's a good uh, guy. He's cool. You know, so what he's is... He's funny. Well, okay. I mean, yeah. you know... He's, uh, he has these great one-liners at the end of the night. He'll say, like, one or two really super funny things, and I'll be like, oh, that's... That keeps me like going, you know. Right, See right. those brilliant lines every now and then. If I had one, I'd share it with you, but I don't, so I'm going to stop talking. Go. No, no, I don't want you to stop okay. talking. Well, not stop talking, but I was going to let you say the next thing. 
Well, uh, speaking of lines, okay. Uh, I'm. What is? Uh, what are some of the lines guys use to pick up on you? Because I mean, I know when I used to go into the bar, uh, I loved sitting <laughs> at the bar watching these fucking buffoons <laughs> try and pick up on you, not realizing like you were, uh, you know, yeah. uh, you know, my lady. Yeah. Um. Like wait, they they must have a standard like a. You know, hey, uh... I get, like, your boyfriend probably doesn't like you working at a bar. That's how they find out if I have a boyfriend. You know, your boyfriend, uh, you know, your boyfriend, which is kind of always irritates me because I, they think they're being slick, and it's like, I can already tell that you're trying to see if I have a boyfriend. You should just actually just kind of hang back and maybe come in a few times and talk to me and get to know me before you just start being like, Hot girl, uh, boyfriend. Why don't you see if I'm a normal person? Maybe I'm a super bitch. Maybe I'm like so somebody you wouldn't date. You know? Why don't you figure that out? Besides just being like pretty girl, uh, boyfriend. Does she have a boyfriend? You know what I mean? That's why I get irritated. Don't try to find out if I have a boyfriend yet. Why don't you just try to like get to? No, I don't really want people. I don't want every guy that is interested in me to try to get to know me, but. I know time time is limited here on Earth, and you just want to find out. But I think the people that are a little bit more patient uh, get ahead more, and that's what I see. Just being someone who watches people try to hook up all the time. Like, what was the one joke you used to do about guy coming up to you at the supermarket because he looked at what you had—the cat treats? Oh. Well, I, uh, yeah, a long time ago, I was uh, at the Kmart, actually, in Doylestown, Pennsylvania. (laughs) (laughs) And I was buying cat box and cat food and cat treats and cat toys. And this guy behind me, you know, he says to me, he's like, "Uh, so uh, you got cats? (laughs) You know, and I was like, no, I just prefer to shit in a box. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hey-oh. Hey-oh. It was funny at the time. Yeah. What's so that? Is that clapping? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I like that. Ooh, that's like, yeah. So, what's going on in the future for G Money? You got the, you know, you're running comedy shows again? I'm only running one comedy show. Uh, I used to run a lot of comedy shows at Tempest, and we did backyard comedy together, which we should try to get back. Oh, we will. Yeah, we should. We will. Why, um, backyard comedy was. Yeah. Uh, why don't you explain what that was? Okay, um, Backyard Comedy is, uh, it was a pilot that Earl and I um, created. It was kind of like a white trash American Idol for comics. And we showcased the funniest up-and-comers in a backyard in Van Nuys. And it was all kind of cruddy and lawn chairs everywhere and the grass was overgrown and we'd have to clip it and make it all kind of, I don't know, we had to, like, make the backyard look presentable, but it was just, like, a big backyard party where we invited hundreds of people. And I gave, this is where I learned to do individual invites. I would invite everyone I knew individually, like, hey, Samantha, blah, blah, blah. And I would, you know, be like, we're doing this backyard comedy thing. We're showcasing the funniest up-and-comers and creating a pilot. And... um I don't want anyone to bring any money. I just want someone to bring food or booze, like someone to th- something to throw on the grill or bring a bottle or bring a six-pack of beer or bring other things that people do. <laughs> but uh, we had these big parties, and everybody was all about it, and hundreds of people would show up, all the comics from everywhere in L.A. 
uh, would show up and uh, you know see who the who the grinders were. Oh, it was great. Yeah, I mean, it really was. And we had six tapings, and our main producer died of alcoholism. You know, what a got, shock! Yeah. I never saw that coming. Yeah, it's Tom a shame. Kennedy. Tom rest Kennedy, in peace. Great guy. Basically, if you saw any uh, movie trailer from the uh, '80s and '90s. Uh, Tom cut the the trailer for like these huge movies, so yeah. we were lucky enough to uh, use Tom's connections at yeah. Fox. Yeah. Who, so he got like the camera and, and the lighting and and the the sound crew from like I think Twenty Four and Prison Break. Yeah. Uh, which was was a big show at the time. So we shot this TV show that looks fucking amazing. <laughs> I mean, it probably twenty to thirty thousand dollars if we had to pay for everything. And knowing how fucking cheap me and Gail were, <laughs> we'd maybe, we'd, you know, freak out if we had to pay 50 yeah. to the, the Mexican guy. Well, we would guy. pay for food. I remember we um, we would always put, like, about 250 300 in food and booze just to get things flowing. I used to make a lot of deviled eggs um, for the party. I used to, <laughs> I used to make, um, like, six cartons of 18 deviled eggs so that the people could have six or seven eggs at one time because the thing with deviled eggs is if you have like two like when you go to a party there's like two trays of them and they get snarfed up in two seconds because they're delicious and uh you always feel like you're having too many if you have like three or four so i would make like hundreds <laughs> so that i know because <laughs> it would stink up the, the place. whole fucking house smelled <laughs> like an like egg factory <laughs> Because I would boil all the eggs like uh, two days before and then, you know, oh, what a pain in the ass. But but it made that party. Yeah. It was a Showed labor love. of love. That's kind of how I am with things. Chocolate love. Chocolate love. And these parties were crazy. <laughs> I mean, there was a marijuana room. I mean, the, this guy, we won't mention our partner's yeah, name. We probably shouldn't talk about the marijuana room. Well, it's too late. We just did. Oh, I guess so. Well, I mean. Well, no, it's not. It's not like we were breaking any yeah. laws. There was. A, let's just say the laundry room was turned into a, a <laughs> medical marijuana facility, yeah. and so people would come there and like smoke weed and drink and oh, eat. That was the coolest thing. And though. and just the, it was like in the shittiest backyard in Van Nuys, and the, the premise of the show was essentially where do funny people like me and Gail and our friends perform. If you're not, if you don't have an agent, if you don't have a manager, if you know, what do you, where do you go if you're just funny? Yeah, you, you have to go in this, this environment. Shithole. <laughs> this shithole. No, it's not a sh. It, it's like kind it of was a metaphor. It's a metaphor for what we had to go through, and what a lot of comics have to go through when they really, you know, are doing their best and pushing and grinding and going state like going up night after night after night in these awful rooms where nobody's listening and. And trying to turn the energy around with what you got, you know, just trying to, oh, that joke worked, this joke didn't. And, but every night you went up, it was, it's hard. That's it's a really, struggle. There's nothing harder, I don't think, than getting up on stage every single time. Oh, there isn't. Know? I mean, like, if you're in a shitty band, you could turn around and blame the drummer for <laughs> yeah. something. But, uh, you know, if you're a comic, yeah. you know, if, if Gail has a bad set or I have a bad set and I've probably had more bad sets than every comic combined mm. uh, a lot I, of good ones though, uh, you got that right <laughs> um, it's really done me a lot of good <laughs> it has. Uh, no it's cool you know when you were saying that i already made it you said this a while ago like, you know i feel like you already made it because you survived out here and everything um i was thinking that 
like you already made it too. I mean, there's so many great things that you do that I don't get to do. Like just going up in the original room at the comedy store, that's always been like the scariest stage to me. And you still get up there and you still do it, you know, and they all, all the all of them do, you know, but that's a scary stage because it's a lot of comics in the back who are, and some of them are just, you know, animals. Yeah, they're just so they're rough. Oh, it's crazy. And you have to really get real. You really have to pull back the layers and bear your soul up there if you're going to survive. That's oh, yeah. how the comedy store is. I mean, I've seen A-level comics bomb in that yeah. room. Yep. And I almost say there really is no bombing in that room. There's just doing time. Yeah. Good or bad. Yeah. So, But you've been up there, too, though. You, oh, you've, yeah. Uh, yeah, you've I have. You've performed at the store I've a lot. And I do it. You know, it's, it's an interesting... I mean, the comedy store is like what's best and worst of uh, la comedy but it's yeah. so great it's such a great place oh it's, it's the best it's and the, it's the best but there are nights when you go up there where you're like i have to go yeah i mean you know <laughs> i just have to not be here but i'll be back because i love this place because it's magical yeah. the, the good nights like make you forget about the bad yeah nights. absolutely and, you know like i was telling you about the new tuesday night show there where uh, two comics roast each other and and it's in the belly room and it's it's packed and and it's you can't move and they have to turn away people and like Jeff Ross is a judge and uh, you know they get celebrity comics to judge and like Chris D'Elia judged a couple weeks ago and and it's just an amazing energy so and then you go downstairs into the original room and there's two people in there yeah so it's so it's an interesting dynamic there but uh, you know I, I mean I really meant that when I said you you know ten years most people would have like after the first year not getting a sitcom would have left yeah. i probably would have i mean if i moved to pennsylvania or new york to do comedy and i didn't make it in a year or two i'd come back home like no. on the fucking concord so fast no, no so. you just keep going oh yeah keep chipping away you know and you find that you have different interests too you know i like this podcast stuff i have fun with it you know i have fun doing podcasts too well podcasts are great because you can literally uh, like there's this program that you can see where the people are listening. Uh, and like I went on this uh, site to see where people were listening for my show. And like I had people in Sweden listening and, wow. and, and like Switzerland and Australia. And, and not that it's going to do see, you any good. Like I said, that's making it to me. Having people, that's, they're, it, I was listening to some spiritual guy. <laughs> Gary Zukov? No, no. This one was um, Wayne Dyer, but he was talking about Lao Tzu and how he says, you know, don't try to do anything so big. You just keep going at it small, going at it small, going out small. And that's because if you go big, you're going to disappoint yourself. So you just keep chipping away because everything's there. Everything you do, there's little victories in everything you do. I agree you know? with that. So, you know, just having people in Sweden like that's, you know, you're chipping away at it and. All the while, you're still being very successful. You're still getting asked to do cool-ass shit that nobody else is being asked to do. Just today, I was listening to that song by Sheryl Crow, like, all I want to do is have some fun. And she was talking about, you know, being at a bar. And we all know the song, you know, and you know, drinking at a bar noon on Tuesday. And, and, and when the chorus comes on, it's until the sun comes up over mm, Santa Monica, Monica Boulevard. Boulevard. And I was like, you know, I was listening to this song waitressing at Villa Capri in Doylestown um, in college, you know, just kind of chipping away at getting a little degree to make my parents happy and I guess make me happy. But uh, I remember thinking, like, Santa Monica Boulevard, like, what's that, you know? And 
And when I thought about it today, I'm like, I lived on Santa Monica Boulevard for five and a half years, you know? And I'm like, I made it. And I'm still here and I'm still doing it. I'm still chipping away. And uh, that feels really good. Just not knowing what the hell Santa Monica Boulevard was and, that, and then you're living there, you know? Yeah. And surviving and thriving. You are thriving. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, you need uh, what I need, what any uh, unknown uh, performer needs, just that one person of influence who can actually help you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's like, you know, you and I, I think. I know what I really need to do. I just need to focus on what it is I really want to put out there. And it, it gets divided into different things. Like, sometimes I'm like, I really want my own bar and I want to run, I want to like run the next comedy club. You know, I want to be the next Mitzi Shore and um, also keep doing stand up too. I don't know if that's been done where you run stuff and you're still a stand up or maybe I'm just supposed to be hosting and running stuff and then being funny when I can. Or how can I figure out how to be funny all the time and just do it all the time and, and want to do it all the time. You know, there was a time when I had the time and I was, you know, working during the day so I could do comedy at night. And uh, I don't really have that same kind of drive to go to open mics all the time and work on material. But there has to be a way for me to get out my uh, creativity and have it be what I want it to be. Oh, you know, sure. like I can't wait for a break. I have to make the break happen, you know, and that's pr pretty. I mean, you know more where you're who you are as a comic. And I think I know who I am as a comic, but I just need to figure out how I'm going to ex get it all out there and express it and, and get excited about it and want to get excited about it. Sometimes I get so tired. Because well, you, you know, work hard. I work hard. I'm tired and then it's like you have to be skinny and you got to dye your hair. And, you know, just I want to sleep today and I want to watch Oprah and Snapped and all my bad TV shows and I don't want to leave the house. But if I don't leave the house, how am I going to make things happen? You know, I just have days like that where just home but not too much there's always something to do yeah but what you have going for you is something that even i don't have and it's you're likable like you've got this smile and this infectious uh you know you're very lucky a lot of people i see a lot of comics who are very funny but they're not likable on stage yeah. and i mean that's just something you can't teach i mean you, you either you know walk on that stage and, and people like jive with you right away or they mm -hmm. don't yeah, sometimes people don't jive with me, but it's not, uh, most of the time I can turn it around because that's what I also have to do as a bartender, you know, like, hi, you know, you want people to just kind of kick it, you know. Oh, yeah. So you have to have that like, hey, I think you're very likable on stage. I mean, you know, I, I come off, uh, I'm kind of dry and sarcastic, which, you know, might turn off some people. But I mean. it always blends into that. It, it, that's just in the beginning, you know. Then you start to get to know the crowd, and you start, you know. I mean, I people think start jamming you, and you just go, "What the fuck?" And you just go off on them, and then all of a sudden, you peel back the layers. Well, I'm kind of like Johnny Car. I mean, I I don't put myself on Johnny Carson's level, but you know, I think you should. Uh, well, I mean, Johnny Carson was great when he on the Tonight Show when he would do a joke that wouldn't work. Yeah, you're great at that. Because I do a <laughs> lot of jokes. <laughs> Yeah, you're like a joke work. machine. But a lot of my jokes are not that great, so it's that's not true. Well, it, it is, but it, it's the recovery yeah. I'm good at. Y yeah. You know, um, you and Tim Bab are really. Remember Tim? Tim Bab, very Bab. funny. Yeah, uh, he African American. Great at when his shit bombed, like <laughs> you're the same way. You just 
<laughs> it's the react. That's sometimes your bigger laughs have come from that. Then oh you, yeah. You wipe your eye a lot when you. Yeah, fall. I, I have. Uh, <laughs> I like. I you know move my glasses. Yeah. Do, it's like my uh, you know Larry the Cable Guy has get her done. Yeah. You have yeah. You know I remember once you when you opened up for Rob Schneider and the crowd was like to at the end of your set was going yeah with you. Oh, were they? So it's at the <laughs> improv. So. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, we're on the right path. Yeah. And uh, who knows? Maybe, uh, you know, uh, we could uh, have a podcast together. Who knows? It's I mean, possible. Anything's possible. Uh, but but, uh, but if we have people here and we're interviewing them, you have to let me talk sometimes. <laughs> yeah, uh, somehow I think your voice getting heard won't be a problem. <laughs> okay, good. Which is I why you would it. be great on a podcast because you talk a lot. Yeah, I guess I do. I mean, I'm not really that good on a podcast because I'm a quiet person. Like, I'm very like uh, subtle, and I mean, I, I think you have much more a uh, podcast personality. You, you know, you, you you ramble a lot, and, <laughs> and, and you, the way you tell stories is very engaging, which is okay. Well, I that think, works. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll yeah, you t you ask great questions. I remember when um, we were getting to know each other, I liked the way you interviewed me. I remember you were interviewing me at Tempest, just asking me questions about myself, you know. and and uh, But it didn't come off in that way where the way guys do it, where they're like, hey, like you were just asking me genuine questions and not being too flirty or anything but every now and then you say real dirty things and i'd be like what the fuck <laughs> like, well, I mean, but you have that inside where you got like when you think of the dirty stuff you got to get it out and i'm like inappropriate but i guess that's what you are <laughs> i'm an inappropriate earl, an inappropriate <laughs> earl. <laughs> well i was so into you though that i had to like like you know i mean i remember uh probably one of the most fondest memories i have of you is our first kiss oh because it was at the Liquid Zoo. You were bartending. It was dead in there. Yeah. No one was there. Yeah, except for like two guys. No, there was. I'll never forget. It was that Asian cop, Steve, uh -oh. who was fucking. Oh. He was either drunk or he just wouldn't fucking leave. And yeah, for like, and he never shut up either. He talked. He was a talking lot. more than you. For an Asian person too, he just talked a lot. You know. <laughs> and I just remember it, just praying to God, please let this guy go. I got to kiss this girl tonight. I mean, I knew tonight was, that night was the night that yeah. I was going to at least try and kiss you. I yeah. didn't, you know, I didn't even know if you were into me at that moment. So he finally fucking leaves, I don't know, <laughs> to get some teriyaki bowls or something. And uh, you walked me to my car and then, uh, you know, you had yeah. on these nice little overalls. and. Yeah, yeah, you had your jean overalls on. And I just remember, like, we started kissing in the middle of the alley. I'll never forget. And I just remember my hands kind of slowly, <laughs> like... But you didn't do anything which was smart. You, ha I mean, you have amazing uh, boobies. <laughs> yeah, well... And I just remember that uh, first kiss. I'm like, God, I got to feel these things. <laughs> I, got, I got to feel these fucking... Melons. I just melons. <laughs> it's melon season at the zoo, and I just I, I, I think I stopped abruptly because I think I was just about to feel. I'm like I can't. Don't I can't do, do it. it. I can't. It would have like, been too much. I got to return some videotapes, yeah. and I just left. Yeah. And then no, that was good though. Slowly we started hanging, and then uh, our history is, uh, you know, uh, is what it is, yeah. and uh, you know, I think there's more coming. Uh, you know, who knows uh, what it is, but uh, 
you know, this podcast wasn't that awkward. No, I think it was pretty good. And, uh, you know, it's, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, you got your Biblos comedy my, show? My, you know, I just I had two shows this week. I did the warehouse. Well, I already did them, but just so you know, I'm doing it. <laughs> you do the warehouse in Marina Del Rey? Yeah, I did the warehouse, and I had my last Biblos show on Wednesday. But um, the next one, I believe, is March 12th. And uh, what else? I think that's it for right now. Um, and then people can see you at the Lost and Found. Oh, yeah, Lost and Found. Barrington uh, and National, yeah, if Nash- you're in L.A. National and uh, Barrington. Uh, Tuesday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. And uh, go see Gail. She's awesome. And I'll have more shows and stuff. You know, I just, I book them all the time. There's some weeks where you'll have one and another week where you'll have, you know, four. Just, uh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the world of comedy is crazy. So you can follow her on Facebook at uh, facebook.com backslash Gail Gramlick. Right? I believe so. It's Gail Gramlick, maybe dot like. It's w.facebook.com forward slash five. That's the one that isn't like, there's one that's just kind of like when we did the BKO stuff a right. lot where I did the keyboard stuff. There's like a picture there. That's the Gail Gramlick. But the other one is gail.gramlick.5. And then on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I'm on Twitter, her. but I need, to, I need to write more on it. Just <laughs> at... Gail Gramlich, that's G-A-I-L-G-R-A-M-L-I-C-H. Yes. And uh, go, go see her at your shows. Come come to the bar, Lost yeah. and Found. And uh, she'll be back on Inappropriate Earl. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that is it for yeah. another episode of Inappropriate Earl. Gail, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Earl Skakel. And thank you very much, Gail Gramlich. And follow us on iTunes. Leave a review, too, if you like it. And uh, we're also on SoundCloud, so uh, next week's episode will be, uh, who knows, it's very random how I do this, as you can tell by now. I think the first episode was actually the fourth one, and it's all, it's like George Lucas in Star Wars, how he did the first three, and then the middle four, and it was the reverse order. So every Monday night on SoundCloud, early Tuesday morning on iTunes, and we'll see you guys out there in the podcast world. (laughs) 